If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into Conduits of Trouble, Zolgad and my buddy, Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins, who does an outstanding job. And uh, Chipper, how are you on this Thursday? You're back from Wild Access. Bill Guerin and Dean Everson had their uh, postseason press conference, correct? Yes, and I feel bad I was going to go. The first in-person press conference in forever, and I got tied up with a different story. wasn't able to go, but I saw some snippets of it. Um, but I feel good that we're back doing in-person press conferences now. Yeah, are we? is this going to be the norm now? Are clubhouses and locker rooms going to open next? Are we going to have free reign if we're vaccinated? Is that how this is going to go? I'm not going to hold my breath on that <laughs> one, which is unfortunate. You know, it's funny. Tom Jones, who was the the original uh, oh, yeah. beat, beat writer for the Star Tribune, who now works for the Pointer Institute. He, he's a columnist for him, And he did a column a couple weeks ago. He actually uh, interviewed me or got some thoughts on it just on, you know, are sports writers going to get back in to the locker rooms and why is that valuable and the access. And, you know, obviously the the role of the press conference got a lot of attention this week um, nationally. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go, Judd, but I, I have a feeling it's probably not going to be uniform. I think some sports are going to say no, some are going to say yes, and uh, but I, I would be surprised if everybody just threw open the doors and said we're open. You know, I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think football is going to be very slow to adjust back. I think that I agree. the National Football League, just to be blunt, doesn't really need us. Uh, and I think that's going to mean that they have – I think the Zoom world has suited them for their purposes very well. That's the one where I wonder what the access and what the the ability to talk to players is going to be like compared to pre-pandemic. Well, and, and in fairness, I guess, to that one, to that sport, they also have the most media covering. Um, as you know, and for a Vikings home game – TVs, print, digital, you know, whatever, camera crew. I mean, there's just a lot of the, the media core is very big compared to day-to-day at a wild game or Wolves practice or, or Twins game. So um, I think, you know, I, I think football is probably going to say no because they just don't want that many people, like kind of congestion again in the locker room. Yep. But doesn't mean that we can't do more of a press conference setup where – they bring players out. I don't know if we necessarily have to do Zoom, but you can have, if they're worried about social distancing, you can do that in the press conference setting. Of course. Of course. Yeah. No, I, I just, 
I think baseball ultimately, I, I don't know that baseball is going to go back to being how they were because uh, they were open in the clubhouses for extended periods of time. But I do think baseball needs reporters because I think baseball needs exposure. Hockey, sure. hockey does for sure. Basketball, I don't know as much because they are certainly popular, but football is just the one that strikes me. I mean, the thing about that league is they have found a way to basically have the people they want covering them, right? Covering yeah. them because they pay them. And so that's the one that's dicey. The The thing that I miss the most. So I'm not going to say that some reporters, uh, and this includes us at times, don't waste their time, you know, w- waiting for a guy to come out or something mm-hmm. like that. So full disclosure there, there are times probably that we waste our times a bit. But the thing that I really miss now is getting answers from not even the like the biggest players in games, Chipper, but yeah. like, I don't know, if a hold on a kick gets screwed up, we can go talk to, to the guy. And and I think the fans are like, well, yeah, but then you just go ask tough questions and persecute that guy. Not really. You go ask what happened. So yeah, well, that, that's what I miss. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, with everything that happened this week with the press conference and soccer and the tennis player and yes. saying just that um, press conferences are, um, you know, way to, I, I think people said were, you know, criticizing and vilifying and, and subjecting athletes to, uh, you know, negative thoughts. No, it's, to me, it's more about just being curious, like why did, how something happened, you know, what, what happened on that situation, what happened and not necessarily good or not all bad, but just, Hey, on a play that worked, what, you know, yes. what was called there, you know, a block, uh, you know, what were you, exactly. what was supposed to happen? What did happen? Um, I think it's more valuable in terms of just being able to explain what the heck went on in a game or a play and then being able to articulate that to, you know, readers or viewers or listeners. I mean, that to me is the value. Yeah, you're right. Is there some times you get wasted in the locker room? Of course. I mean, we've all been, you know, anybody who's been in there realize you do a lot of standing around and probably only a fraction of the time is spent interviewing because you're waiting on a guy or, you know, just whatever. Yep. Um, but there is that. And also, I mean, how many times have you gone in a, you know, a major uh, major league clubhouse or Vikings locker room, and just had a conversation with someone off the record that gives you a better understanding of what's going on with the team, so you can write something with more confidence mm-hmm. and just because it's just, or or just get to know someone without a tape recorder, just talk about your families or lives or backgrounds or whatever, and you just get a better, you gain trust that way, and you get a better relationship. The so twins. Right, right now, how much would you love to know without even prying? Right, how mm-hmm. much would you love to have an idea of what the dynamic in that room is like? Because I think it would be so telling, and we have no clue. We have no clue. I I've got a feeling, and it's just a it's just a guess. I've got a feeling that Josh Donaldson would talk a lot and mm-hmm. would give you a very good idea of what the of what the feeling of that team is. And I think he's accountable, so I think he would stand there and take questions. He wouldn't love it, but he would do it. But that would give us so much better of idea of what's going on to, to then share that with listeners and readers. And right now, unless he's provided on Zoom, which is a poor substitute, we have yeah. no idea. We have absolutely yeah, and, no clue. And it goes back to even like when they had certain players that did not get vaccinated. Um, yeah. You wonder, if, did that create any kind of problems in the clubhouse? 
um, it's it's hard to know when you're when you're just told this is who you're going to interview today. <laughs> you know, here's who you're getting. Yes, and you just don't get the pulse of a team in the way that you used to be able to do it when it when it's in person. Um, and yeah, I think there are times like we go back to 2019, Judd, and how many times did we talk on this podcast? about being in that clubhouse and you just got a sense that Nelson Cruz is one of the best leaders you've ever been around. And it's, it wasn't anything like he, you know, we weren't watching him give pregame speech or anything, but it's just, you could tell by his presence and the way guys interacted with him and just the way that vibe in the clubhouse where you got to feel that you realize that, man, this guy has such a commanding presence in the clubhouse and is such a good leader Yes, that you, you just, you never would have gotten that over zoom ever you know you just you didn't have that sense and so i think that's the part where i hope readers and fans are understand like the importance of that that the media has that you know face-to-face interaction and and what it can lead to and what it can stories and just a general sense of a team absolutely vikings um so two weeks from tuesday the 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 and the key word here is mandatory mini camp opens up three days. Okay, Chip. Mm-hmm. How telling and important do you think it's going to be Daniil Hunter? Because he skipped o- OTAs. It's no secret that he wants a new contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, that's going to be extremely instructive as to where things stand. If he does not show up, he stands to forfeit. I think somewhere in the ballpark of 95 to $100,000, yeah. uh, which is a big, which is a big chunk of change to forfeit because of fines. If he does show up, I think it actually gives you a little bit better idea that that he might not be happy with his current contract, but things are on the right track for a possible extension and certainly uh, for him not to be holding out when training camp starts. So how important, just from that one standpoint, do you think that three-day camp is going to be? Yeah, um, because if he doesn't show up, it'll tell you he's mad enough and, and frustrated enough with his contract to get to lose money over it, you know, and people can say, well, this, you know, in the grand scheme, that, that, that fine is not a ton of money to a guy who's a millionaire, but it's money. It, it is yes. money that they're willing to, that he would be willing to just hand over to show his frustration with his contract. And so um, now if he doesn't show up, I don't think that it's doomsday because we saw, you know, Dalvin cook get a deal on the eve of the opener. Right. Yes. Um, now he he punted on most of the off season workouts and then came back for training camp and everything was fine. It got done. Uh, you know, even throughout training camp, you're like, well, this is not going to get done. It's going to be interesting. And then, oh, by the way, at the last second, it does. And so they have a history of getting these these deals worked out and finding the money. And Brzezinski's great about moving things around and all that. So, um, like I said, if he doesn't show up, I don't think that necessarily means we're going to have to trade him. Um, but it also would signal that he's serious about wanting his contract redone and they're going to have to figure it out because he's very mad about it. And I, I think the, the thing that intrigues me is twofold here, Chipper. The first thing is I get the Vikings. If the Vikings are reluctant to give him a new contract because he is coming off surgery on his neck, I completely get that. So that, that intrigues me from their standpoint, but what intrigues me from his standpoint and the leverage that he has, despite having multiple years left on that contract, mm-hmm. is this part. This defense has been retooled mightily because the coach looked at what happened last year, and I'm sure Zimmer said, 
never again, right? So yeah. this defense has a really different look, and guys are coming back. Um, if Daniil Hunter doesn't get a new contract and says, okay, guys, that's fine, but I'm not going to play, uh, they don't have then a left end or a right end, and, and they basically don't have a for certain outside pass rush. That's a big deal. So I do mm-hmm. think I do think despite the fact that his contract has time left, he does have a hammer in saying, if I don't show up, it's not like there's a right end there who's going to provide pressure on the QB. So I would not be surprised if he and his people use that as a way for, because I Zim, I would guess, would go crazy. Because, I mean, he's not going to sit yeah. there and be like, oh, this is great. I got two young guys who I have no clue about <laughs> trying to rush the QB. So that's the one thing from the Hunter standpoint that I think he's got going for him is the threat of you did a lot of work to your defense, but if I yeah. don't show up, it's going to be a, a potentially huge problem. Well, it's the same way that, you know, I'll go back to last year and people said, well, what kind of leverage does Dalvin have? Well, his leverage is he's one of the best in the league. <laughs> and what he does in that offense is a lot different when he's in there than when he's not. And I'd say the same thing with, 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 uh, in this situation, uh, you look at their defense and you don't have him in there. Yeah, it's a lot different looking defense, and Zimmer already made it clear that he is not going to go through another year with his defense looking like that. And so if I'm Daniil, I say, one, I'm one of the best pass rushers in the league, and two, he's a big key of that defense turning around. And a year, in a year, when Zimmer and Spielman, I think, is as close to make or break, I would say, for them, yeah, they yeah. need to get to the playoffs and win, and so yeah. they can't worry about four years from down down the line and figure out you know what's this going to mean for the salary cap and if we give Dalvin a or you know a big contract you know how's this going to play out five years and they got to worry about getting them on the field this year and, and making this work and so um, yes I mean the the team obviously has leverage in that you have a guy coming off a pretty significant neck injury. And you don't know where 100 percent that is. Although I'm sure they they're gonna have some idea. Obviously, they're gonna be able to you know evaluate him and do all those things. But and he also has years left on this contract. But it's not. Yeah, I think I think they both sides have leverage in the same way that I felt like both had last year. And so when when both sides have leverage like that, to me, that's where you you see compromise and, and a deal gets done. Um, I, I, I he's too good a player and too important to what they're trying to do for them not to get this done. And I think there's been enough, you know, maneuvering with the roster. And um, then they just get some salary cap money yesterday with from Kyle's Kyle yeah, Rudolph's deal. So first release, um, yes. I have to think that they'll be able to figure something out um, that will satisfy him and get him on the field. The w- w- Wild, how confident Chip Scoggins are, are you about them now? Um, the one thing that I do think is probably – for certain, there's a lot of people that think Parisi might come back. I just don't see how. I don't see how Zach comes back because you'd be asking him to play a third or fourth line role. You scratched him. There's no guarantee that you wouldn't continue to do that. And yeah. to Bill Guerin's credit, I think Bill Guerin did a fantastic job of rebuilding this team and restructuring the chemistry, if that's the right term for it. Yeah. And I yeah. can't believe that he's going to want to go into next season. Um, with Zach, who, who who might come back and play okay, saying you know, man, I should be on the second line now. I mean that that just to me 
would be going backwards. So financially, I get the fact that a divorce from him might hurt on the salary cap, but I don't mm-hmm. know that his presence in the locker room, if he's not happy, is a great idea either. Yeah, and I clearly, I mean, I think it's, you know, he doesn't fit with what they're trying to do. I mean, I think they've made that. When you, were, when you take a guy who's been as important as he is, has been to the organization, and has the veteran stature and the money and the contract, and you basically tell him through your actions at the end of the year, we feel like we're a better team without you in the lineup than with you, tells you they're ready to move on from him. Now, yes. um, does, can he figure out a an exit strategy that works for, you know, or is he going to be able to be traded? Um, would he take a buyout? Those are things I don't know. He'd take a I mean, buyout, but it would be it would be against the cap. It would hurt for a long time. But that being said, it doesn't make a lot of sense if he's in that room next season and you know perpetually unhappy too. Well, and that's the thing is like they've talked so much about culture and turning the page and doing their own thing, and you would have to feel really secure in the fact that you feel like he's not going to be a you know a disruption or a divider in the locker room um and this is the thing it's like if you started scratching him every so often and he got in with the injuries or then he's you know is he going to be happy with what role you no. feel like he, that's that's a, no this was what three weeks of it <laughs> you know at the end of the yep. season and then playoff so do you want to go through this an entire season, like month after month after month of, um, and he, you know, he's he shown the playoffs. He he still can be productive and he scored and and those things. But if 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 you feel like in your mind you're ready to turn the page and he's just not part of it, um, and you articulate that to him, I just don't know that. I don't think the way they view him is how he views himself. Correct. And so there's your fundamental problem. Agree completely. And so is he going to is he going to be willing to accept their version of what he is over his version? I just and, and be a happy camper and not create problems and just be satisfied. I don't know that they're ever going to reach that point. And my point about that one is this. It's much different to sit down in the calm of, let's say, June and discuss this. Yes. Uh, over, you know, coffee or iced tea, right? And be like, okay, here's what we see. And him being like, okay, yeah, I guess I can do that. And then you all of a sudden are in the heat of the season and it's, let's say, uh, January or February, right? And he's like, I'm playing pretty well. I should be doing more. And they're like, but remember what we talked about in June? And he's like, I don't care about that. So that's where I think that that if you're going to treat him like they did, which, you know, to your point, you're exactly right. You scratched him. You said we're better off without you than with you. I think that's a, po- a point right there of no return. I don't think that there's an ability now to just bounce back and be like, oh, we scratched you, but next year you're going to be a hell of a fourth-line player for us. And the other thing is, and because it was interesting to see the fans kind of rally to his side during the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it was like, Anytime anyone, you know, on the or anybody on the on the roster is struggling, well Zach's better than that guy. Freezy could do this. I mean, he should be playing ahead of that guy. Yeah, I mean, do exactly. you really want to have that kind of finger pointing all year where if a guy's struggling, you know, for a game or two, it's like, Well, Preezy's a lot better than him, he could do this and that. I mean, it's just not the kind of dynamic you want to have with the team where it's almost like you're 
creating an, a, a divide where doesn't need to be that doesn't need to be there. And so, but I, I don't know how do you get around this, Judd? I mean, is it, do you think he's tradable? And I think you know, if you attach something, I think if you attach something with him and agree to pay part of, of his salary, he probably is. The problem, it, the problem that I think they're going to have, but I think they will just swallow hard and cross their fingers, is what's called that recapture language that exists in the contract, and that's and that's if he retires early, the cap hits accelerate, which is a complete pain in the ass. But everything that you just laid out is correct, and I. So if you're trying to win and build a culture next year. I think you almost take the financial gamble because if he's there and he's mad, which he's going to be, um, yeah. and he keeps saying, you know, I can still play. I'm still very good. And they're like, yeah, you're not really as good as you think you are. I don't see how that's tolerable for either side, to be honest. Well, and, and the other thing is, I mean, just listening to him, you know, throughout the playoffs and here at, at you know, after season, he ain't retiring. No, hell no. <laughs> This is a guy who thinks he can still play and have you know yes. a lot of good hockey left. So I think you probably have to take that equation. Unless something crazy happens over the offseason, I think you probably have to take that equation. So it's basically you really have three options, right? Trade and buy them out, or try to you know make it work. Um, you know, I just like, like we said, if he's not going to be okay with the role that you envision him for, then then you have a problem. Okay, last thing on the same team. At what point in time do we begin the countdown and the utter, complete Minnesota sports fan panic? Kirill Kaprizov is probably going to agree to a five-year contract, which is great, but it's not. He, he could max out, and it sounds like the reports I've seen, the Wild has offered eight years. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I think he's going to take five years. I think it's going to be a very lucrative contract it's going to get him to approximately the age of 29 or 30 and it's going to walk him right into the heart of free agency at what Mm -hmm. point in time after that contract is signed do we begin to get more gray hairs and begin to fret that Kirill Kaprizov is going to depart us for either the Kings uh, the (laughs) Rangers or another big market team um Pretty much the day one. So <laughs> he signs it. The, the, the clock starts. No, I mean, that's the, that's the thing is like, you know, if he gets five years and you get five great years out of him, you know, maybe maybe he starts to view this as his home, Judd. And maybe that's delusional. Maybe that's delusional. Um, yeah, you write that. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly <laughs> read the responses at the StarTribune.com website to that column. <laughs> we'll turn off the comments on that one. Um, no, it's it's. I mean, that's always going to be the fear, right? That well, why would they want to live here? There's more glamorous places and you know bigger hockey markets and all that. So, um, yeah, it'll happen to me. It'll happen to me. That, and that's the thing. It's like anytime, you know, anytime we get any kind of young star or star to be, that's our initial reaction. Well, when's Car Anthony Towns going to leave? And yes, you know. <laughs> When is Anthony Edwards going to want to be out Gabrick. here? Gabrick. Before, <laughs> we panicked about him. We were right. How long before, you know, whoever, Byron Buxton goes somewhere? You know, I mean, that's just kind of the – that's our fatalistic personality. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see 
what the parameters are for that for his deal. I'm sure, sure it's going to be a mega contract, you know. But um, that is a guy you invest in, though. But they have, he Billy Darren has some pretty um, serious business this offseason, right? In yes. Uh, Fiala. Who else is on the docket? Erickson Eck. Erickson Eck. They were who I think. You know. I mean, I think clearly was their best player in the playoffs and really emerged. So, what kind of contracts he going to command now as a, as a two way center? You know, yep. um, yeah, yeah. Interesting to see those three guys how much of the uh, of the pie they take up with their contracts is going to be a big part of it. So, I, I saw that Bill uh, talked today about the fact that his his main priorities, I think he said, were Kaprizov and certainly Fiala and Eck. Uh, but Chip Dex and I have been talking about this, and I think it's something that we need to accept. If the Wild is going to get the type of center that they desperately need and covet, uh, so I'm not saying a decent one. I'm saying a good one. Um, I think Fiala might be included in some type of trade. So are you... And Dex is, agrees. He's said the same thing. So are we, are we passing on Rossi, huh? No, we're not passing, but I mean, you can't, but he's not going to write. He, he hasn't played aside from, you know, when, when he played through his um, COVID illness, he hasn't played really for like 18 months. And so he's not going to yeah. arrive at training camp set to be a uh, Kaprizov's guy yet. I, yeah. I mean, he's probably, so my guess right now, the depth chart at center would be, I would say first line doesn't have one. Eck is probably your second one because he's not a top guy. I mean, he's good, but he, yeah. he he's he's more of a two. Rossi, best case, is a three. Worst case, starts as, as a four. But, I mean, this team needs a center. It needs a real one. And, and those guys are expensive. Those guys cost a lot. And it does make sense because Kaprizov is going nowhere that the starting point in those discussions might end up being a guy like Fiala. Well, yeah, because I mean, people are like, ah, get the first line center. I was like, okay, who you giving up? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving up a draft pick. No, you're not. Yeah, they don't grow in trees, and they're not inexpensive. And so, um, you know, as we always say, you know, like if you want to make a big splash within in uh, in a trade, you're gonna have to give up something to get what you want, and you'd probably have to swallow hard. You know, I mean, yes, you know, I mean that's just. Part of the deal. I mean, I go back to you know, like when the trend, uh, Twins traded who was the hard throwing uh, uh, Gratterall, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, but, but you're like, oh god, they finally get a guy who throws hard, and, you know. And you're giving up on him in a trade. It's like, well, you have to give up something to get something. I mean, that's how it, that's how this works. And so, um, it, you'd have to swallow hard to do that. But I think didn't Billy say today that he's not going to totally wrecked this this roster in pursuit of a number yes. one center. Yes. But, I don't know if that's gamesmanship. I don't know if he's yeah. going out there, if that's what that he's is. He's got to make but, it sound good, Chip. Like, he's got to make it sound convincing. I can't give – I can't trade Kevin. What are you – hold on a second. Who? Okay, that's a deal. <laughs> you're you're out of here. Um, See you, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, he would not be – you know, I mean, there's certain guys. I mean, obviously, Kaprizov is untouchable right now. Um, I wouldn't want to give up on the air – you know, Eck um, right now. Um, yeah, you have to swallow hard, but if, if that's what you feel like, if you feel like Rossi's not going to slot into the number one center role for a couple years, you know, maybe that's what you have to do. But um, I think I'd least 
want to have a better sense of where Rossi's development is. And it's, you know, obviously it's a tough, tough year, but I really yep. want to see kind of where he is. And do you think if him and Eck are your top two centers and you feel good about it, you know, maybe take that next step next year, you know? I mean, you're going to add him uh, to the mix, right? Boldy's going to be in your uh, – in your. is he going to be a top six guy probably, right? Mm-hmm. I hope um, so. Ideally. So you're going to add two young guys there? I don't know. Um, I think I'd be inclined maybe not to, you know, shake things up too much if you felt like this team could even add more firepower just from your young guys versus having to give up a young guy to go get who you hope is, you know, a true number one center. Sounds good, Chipper. I'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, brother. All right, you take care. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.